This is part three of the Upskill Leadership Lessons series. In this episode, I share lesson number three, learned from the Boston Marathon 2022. Lesson three, intangible aspects of your environment contribute to peak performance. Welcome to Upskill Talks, brought to you by McGraw-Hill. I'm your host, Michelle Shaw, lead upskiller at Upskill Community. Upskill Talks is a podcast for leaders. Leaders who are actively seeking innovative and creative ways to interact, lead themselves and others. In every episode, through real-life stories and enlightening conversations, we will explore the challenges and opportunities real leaders face in today's ever-changing workplace. We will present you with real strategies for you to leverage your soft skills and produce transformative results. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Let us begin. In the elite men's race, Kenyan runners finished 1-2-3 in the men's pro division. Evans Chibat of Kenya finished in a time of 2 hours, 6 minutes, 51 seconds followed by Lawrence Cherona, also of Kenya, 30 seconds later, and Benson Capruto, 50 seconds later. In the women's elite race, Perez Jepchichir of Kenya won with a final time of 2.21.01 and became the first athlete in history to have won the Boston, New York City, and Olympic marathon titles. So many people try to make sense of how the Kenyans and Ethiopians continue to win these long-distance races. Harvard biologist Daniel Lieberman says it's impossible to quantify. Yet, there's so many different explanations circulating around why they continuously win these races. One explanation is practice, that they grow up from an early age doing extensive walking and running, they're running and winning. And what that could mean is that they're running and winning at this level. The community notices and others join in. They make running a thing, supporting each other, sharpening each other, motivating each other. They celebrate victories together. They believe it can happen. And a culture of long-distance running emerges. A community of runners develop. Pace setting, supporting, doing mentoring, noticing, contributing, chairleading, well-wishing. And the strategies are being shared. Pride is building and they're owning the running space. This form of development did not happen when they turned 17. They have been practicing from early ages for these long-distance races. That culture will inevitably breed confidence. So it's likely that the Kenyans enter the race feeling like this race is mine to lose. It's also likely that their competition enter the race feeling like the Kenyans are likely to win it. Some competitors may psychologically hand over the win by not even showing up to win it, simply showing up to be behind the Kenyans. So these are important considerations. 
but two considerations that are very popular in the literature trying to explain this dominance. One is the Kenyan diet. It's a simple diet of farm fresh foods, mixed carbs, protein, and vegetables. Very simple, nothing spectacular. And another one is motivation, push factors like poverty. Now the Kenyans said are running, running away from poverty. Kenyans are running for a cause, but they're not the only ones running for a cause. The Kenyans are running for their lives, for their communities, for their country. They're running away from something. They're running for something. And so that cause may be contributing. But like I said, the Kenyans are not the only people running for cause, for a cause or running away from poverty or running towards some goal. So how do we explain the dominance of the Kenyans in long distance running, whether it's the Olympics or so on, the Kenyans and Ethiopians tend to dominate these long distance races. How do we explain it? And so, of course, the work ethic, the positive attitude, the diet, the motivation, all of the factors discussed are important for success and would certainly contribute to the Kenyans leading in this race. But the one factor that's cited frequently that we're going to talk about more in this episode is the environment and culture. And that's the one we're going to focus on and borrow as our leadership lesson from the Boston Marathon. Most of the long distance races in recent history are won by Kenyans and Ethiopians across the globe. The literature looks at the environment within which the Kenyans who dominate these races live and practice. These are high altitude environments where the air is thin and oxygen is scarce. The human body living and working and practicing in these environments adapt by producing more blood cells, more red blood cells in particular, and these capture and deliver the limited oxygen that's available. So the lung capacity and efficiency increases. So most of these elite runners from Kenya are from an area called Rift Valley region. The literature suggests that this is a perfect running terrain. It has rolling hills and dirt roads. It suggests that marathoners across the world go to the Rift Valley area of Kenya, Kenya to train in order to tap into this environment. So clearly there's something about this environment that we want to understand. But we also note that not all of those who go to the area to train are winning the races. It is those that are immersed in the environment that are winning it. So we want to note that there are layers to the environment, layers to the culture that we probably aren't seeing. It's not just the rolling hills and dirt roads. It's not just the high altitude because Kenyans are not the only people practicing and developing long distance running skills in these areas. So let us take a look at some of the intangibles in those environments. What are the intangible aspects that may be benefiting Kenyans that manifest in this kind of performance? What do you think those intangible aspects are? 
So what we have learned so far about the Kenyans, based on what all of the literature suggests, is that they have been practicing long-distance running from their childhood. They've run to shops, run to the supermarket, run to school, run to the neighbors. Running is part and parcel of their lifestyle. They eat these foods. They live, breathe, dream running. It's not just an activity. It's a way of life. It's a culture. It's immersed in everything they do and how they live their lives. That's the big difference maker. And so the environment, it's not just about a race. It's a culture, a community that talks about it, that shares strategies about it, that celebrates it, that highlights it, that lives for it. That's the culture. That's the environment. That environment will breed a different kind of athlete than an environment where there are a few athletes spotted around that do long distance running and travel to far distance to find ideal environments for running. So this is a very important piece of what we need to note. And as leaders, the lesson I want us to take away is to understand what W. Clement Stone talked about. You are a product of your environment. And so as leaders, we need to analyze our leadership, our learning, and our life in terms of our environment. We know the importance of environment. We know the importance of environment for plants. We know some plants do well in the shade, some in the sun, some in tropical climates, some in other climates. We know some plants work well to be beside other plants and some plants should not be in close proximity to others. We know this about environment for plants. We know the same about environments for children. When you place children in certain environments, Certain things happen that don't happen when they're in certain environments. We know the value of environment for plants, for athletes, and for children. We also know that this is true for us as leaders, that we are a product of our environment. And so, but we are so busy moving widgets, so move busy like just trying to meet deadlines, so busy putting out fires, so busy running from one crisis to the other. Creating an environment is neither urgent nor easy. Few organizations are measuring it. It takes time. It's not something you can produce results for right away. And so not a lot of us are investing the energy and the effort on the environments that we need to be cultivating for ourselves to flourish and for our people to flourish. But what the literature is showing us right now is that that's where leadership has to go to. We as leaders can no longer be just people who are honest and fair and charismatic, but that we also have to do certain things and beyond being and doing, we are now called upon to create quality environments that support well-being, that support inclusive, equitable experiences, that support shared learning and collaboration, that support experimentation, mistake-making, 
failures and learning from them. We are the leaders called upon to create the environments that produce intangible results that cannot even be understood. That is the calling for us as leaders. How can we create environments that produce intangible results that no one can even explain? How can we as leaders produce those kinds of environments? where everyone in our team, in our community, feel a sense of belonging, where everyone understands who they are and understand the role that they play. These are all important things because when we plant certain plants together, they support each other, they climb on each other, and they grow because of their proximity. How can we create environments that allow us to flourish, and allow our people to flourish. That is the calling for us as leaders to take a look at what happens with the Kenyans where no one can explain, but it's clear to me that their environment, the way that it is cultivated and the way that it continues to breed and blend and dig deeper and grow that culture breeds winners because the culture is a running culture. There isn't some running happening in the culture. The entire culture is a running culture. And so for us as leaders to develop the kind of culture where there's well-being, where there's inclusion, where there's equity, where there's justice, where there's belonging, we have to double down and give time and intentionality, effort, and resources to building those kinds of environments that allow us to flourish and allow our people to flourish. That's the lesson from the marathon. Environment produces certain results that not even the best scientists and biologists can explain. And we have the opportunity as leaders to create environments that allow us to flourish in ways that are not explainable. So what about the environment you have right now? What about the environment you've been working on? It's getting better. You can see that you're making progress. Let's take Tom Peters' guidance from his 2003 book, Reimagine, and hit Control-Alt-Delete. In these times, Peters argue, an incremental change in environment is likely inadequate for the disorderly world we live in. It's time to destroy, reimagine, recreate, and rebuild the environments that we need to be able to flourish, to build sense of belonging for everyone in this new world order. The new call is for a leader to create the new environment that will support these different needs that have emerged during the pandemic and continue to emerge post-pandemic. The old environments are going to be inadequate to support these new needs. We need to destroy those environments and rebuild, build environments to meet these new needs. It's a bold call by Tom Peters way in advance of the pandemic. He was ahead of his time with this and now it's for us to recognize the environments that we have in place now may be wholly inadequate to meet the new needs 
for the calls that we are hearing. Time to rebuild your environment. Thank you for listening to this episode of Upskill Talks, brought to you by McGraw-Hill. We bring you new episodes every Monday. Please take a moment to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and a written review at Apple Podcast. Or follow us on Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to share Upskill Talks with other leaders like yourself so they too may gain the skills and insights to produce amazing results. Please go to upskillcommunity.com to review show notes and learn how you can join a community of leaders from across the globe collaborating to lead in a more meaningful and impactful way. I'm your host, Michelle Shaw. And again, thank you for joining me on this episode of Upskill Talks.